Hello and welcome to Praying on Purpose. Today I would like to focus on a topic which may seem on the surface to be rather obscure. It is a topic which I imagine for many of us, we didn't necessarily realize that there is in fact uh, a rich historical tradition and a basis, perhaps even in halacha, for a phenomenon which is known uh, to most of us as shuckling. Now to my knowledge, shuckle is not in fact an English word, but it is a word that I hope many of us, if not all of us, are familiar with. And it is a word which describes the movements that are traditionally uh, associated with, whether it's the study of Torah or davening, uh, that people have a tendency, perhaps it is thought-driven, uh, perhaps it is done unconsciously, uh, to move their bodies, uh, to sway. Uh, sometimes people move forward and backwards, sometimes people to the right and left, sometimes people do it softly, and sometimes they do it rather aggressively. What is the idea behind shuckling? Where does this all come from? So, of course, in our 10 or so minutes, uh, we are not going to offer a complete uh, historical overview. Uh, however, I would like to at least direct everyone's attention to the fact that there are some really old original sources which provide a basis for this idea of shuckling, at least during certain times of our prayer and when studying Torah. One of the earliest sources, I'm not sure that this is the earliest source, but one of the earliest one, which is cited by the Ramah that we'll see later on, comes from the Sefer Abu Jaham. And he writes that when a person studies Torah, when a person reads Torah, when a person is studying Torah, there's a custom to, that's this word, to move, to shuckle. Why? Because when the Torah is given, near to kulam, the Torah describes that there was this reaction. Shenemah, the Pasuk says, Vayar ha'am vayanu'u, that the people sort of recoiled. There was an overwhelming experience. It was a powerful sensory experience, and it caused this great reaction, this physical reaction. And so therefore, the Abu Jaham says that when we study Torah, we should similarly move in such a fashion, which displays the sort of energy and excitement and how overwhelmed we feel by trying to absorb the Dvar Hashem. And then he quotes another Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Kol Hashem Many of us may be familiar with this Pasuk. We recite it in the Nishmas, a beautiful Pasuk. Kol All of my, literally my bones, my entire being, my entire physical being, Tomarna expresses, states, articulates Hashem Mi God, who is like you? Lahodian, he says, to show, to demonstrate, Ki hu that when a person moves, when, again, studying Torah, or perhaps, as we'll see during prayer as well, it shows that my entire being, my entire essence, is completely immersed in this experience. So it's a very powerful display of one's connection to the words that are being recited. It's not really something that I'm just reciting uh, as if I were reading in a, in a library or something like that, just merely trying to stimulate my mind. This is something which is a completely immersive and sensory experience. As I mentioned, the Ramah in Simen Menchas, Memchas and Archaim actually quotes the Abu Jaham, and he says it a little differently. He says that the Mendaknikim, that people who are particular when it comes to the performance of mitzvot, have been accustomed to moving again, shuckling when they read from the Torah, just like the Torah that was given, Bereses. And he says, 
He adds, and the same is true when it comes to when we are davening, and he quotes the Pasuk from Tehillim, Kolotz Mosei, Tamarna, Hashem, Mi Chamocha. So here you have sort of a basis. Again, this is not the complete discussion, but here you have some very important early primary sources, the basis for this idea of shuckling. Now, there is a fair degree of uh, controversy, for lack of a better word, over the course of uh, many centuries discussing, uh, first of all, what is the proper way to shuckle? When should one shuckle? Are there ever exceptions to this? And again, for the purpose of this morning's discussion, I'd rather just focus on sort of the basic idea. The Shalah, uh, actually, when he talks about this, he is very concerned about a person making sure that they're only shuckling during certain specific times of davening. So he says, yeah, if you want to do it uh, during davening, so he said it should be limited to shiros v'sishbachos, which means what we call pesuke de zimra. And it's interesting, pesuke de zimra, which perhaps we'll talk about more at greater length another time, is when we get ourselves into davening. That's sort of like the preparation for real davening for the tefillah. So he says we should do so in an animated way. There should be movement back and forth. Uberchus kriya shema. And the same is true when it comes to the blessings that we recite before and after the kriya shema. Avalo he says, but not true when it comes to tefillah, referring to Shvila Shmon Esrei. When it comes to Tefillah Shmon Esrei, it is not proper for a person to move back and forth, to shake this way, that way. And then he says, and there are those who may say the same is true when it comes to tefillah, but I think that we should not listen to them. And he writes, Ki hanisayon mochiach, try it and you'll see. He said, if you really want to have the proper kavana, which is appropriate for Shmon Esrei, so you have to do it without moving. He says, try it, try it, you'll see. And when we move, we have sort of one feeling. It's one type of emotional experience. But when we stand straight, it's a different one. And it could facilitate in a more in a more positive way the type of kavana belief that we want to have. And he says, he says, take a look. Would you ever see a person who would go to a human king? Would you see a person speaking to a human king, flailing in the winds, going this way, that way, as if he's moving out of control? You, you wouldn't see this. You wouldn't see this because it would be considered inappropriate. That's not proper etiquette. And so therefore, he argues that, in fact, uh, one, uh, one davening Shemon should not uh, move around, but rather should stand still. Um, how do we, so to speak, paskin? Um, so I'd like to share with you, there is so much to say on this, but I'll just uh, conclude this this part of the discussion with the words of the Aruch HaShulchan. The Aruch HaShulchan points out that there are, again, that there is this tradition, and actually he also mentions as well, I should mention that in addition to the fact that the Torah was given, given Bereses, and the Pesach called us Masai Tomarna, he also mentions that the Torah is called Eish, HaTorah Nikras Eish, Vohaesh Tamid Misnoea, beautiful idea, that that fire is always flickering and it moves this way, that way. You look at, see a flame. A flame doesn't stand still and stationary. It moves about. And there is an idea that there should be a certain fire that we feel inside when we are davening. But then he says when it comes to Shemona Esrei, there are different opinions. Some say stand still and some say it's good to sh- shuckle. And then he writes, V'taloi lefi tivo. He says it really depends on your own particular nature. That if shuckling helps you, and it facilitates your kavana, so then it's proper to do it. He says, Then yes, then do it. And there are other people whose kavana will be enhanced if they stand still entirely. The most important thing is that what a person does, it should be done. I should mention, uh, sort of parenthetically, but a very important point, 
Now, Post can point out over here that our shuckling should never be disruptive to other people. There are certain individuals who perhaps maybe this is what they need to do for themselves, but shuckle in a very intensive way, uh, perhaps move about uh, very quickly and very swiftly and, and maybe make noise in the process of doing so. You just want to be mindful whenever you're doing so in the presence of other people that whatever you're doing is not uh, particularly disruptive to others uh, because obviously that would not be... Um, that would not be thoughtful. And we've had conversations in the past, how important it is for one when davening uh, to be mindful of the fact that he's not alone and that there are other people around and we have to consider uh, other people as well. I do think that there are some just sort of important takeaways from this conversation. It's a very interesting one. And I imagine that I'm not the only one who's fascinated by this idea of shuckling and how in fact there is a real tradition for this idea. But I think just to review and highlight um, one or two additional points regarding sort of the, the concept of shuckling. Uh, n- number one, it, w- it reminds us that tefillah really should be an immersive experience. I think the Pasuk of Kolatz Mosai Tomarna Hashem Yichamocha, which is a beautiful Pasuk, really reminds us that, that tefillah is not really supposed to be something which is, which is just about saying words. Now, it's true for certain individuals that maybe physically, that may be all they're doing. Uh, there's no better example than Chana herself where the Pasuk records, that her lips were moving, and she becomes, in many regards, a paradigm of prayer. So it's not, it's not really about what your SPMs are, which is shuckles per minute. That, that's not what's most important over here. But the idea is that it should be an immersive experience. My entire being, my entire essence, should be committed to the task at hand. And if I'm the kind of person who davens, but my head is in one place and my heart's in another place and this hand is over here and I'm walking around the room and I'm just sort of all over the place. So it's sort of the opposite of what the, again, sort of the shuckling is apparently designed to, uh, to, uh, to, to, you know, to produce through the, the prayer experience. Uh, another point is that we see, at least from the Yorcha Shulchan, that there is a fair degree of flexibility when it comes to davening styles, that we wouldn't say that one size fits all and although the Shalah and many others, frankly, uh, were very skeptical about whether or not it is proper, appropriate, and even conducive to the prayer experience to shuckle during Tfilash Monasrei, the Aruch HaShulchan says, listen, you need to know yourself and what works for you. And I think that this idea of taking some personal license and initiative and allowing us to daven in ways that feel right for us is something that could extend to other areas as well. Uh, not everything. Uh, we wouldn't say that the entire prayer experience is something which is completely subjective. We've discussed this at relative length already, but the idea is that there is a fair degree of flexibility, and we should be we should be mindful of that and and listen to ourselves, and in this case, listen to our bodies. What is what do our bodies need when we're davening? And finally, just that we should be thoughtful and 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 intentional about what we do uh, when we pray. Uh, of course, not everything needs to be. Uh, consciously driven, and it is fine if from time to time we move on autopilot. Uh, that being said, there should be a method uh, and a process that we consider what is best for our personal experience, and it may vary from time to time. Uh, we should be flexible with ourselves, uh, but the idea that, that that davening is not necessarily a, a static experience, but it is a dynamic one. It is not one in which we just sort of stand almost mindlessly um, as, you know, as thoughtless robots, servants before the Creator, but rather it's one that is supposed to be a really dynamic experience in which we are moved in a very animated way. And that Pasuk, again, that Pasuk, with this I'll conclude, Kol Atzmosayin Tomarna Hashem Yichamocha, such a powerful Pasuk, 
which really, really captures, I think, so much of the essence of what we're trying to do when we dive in. And that is to bring our entire selves into that experience. Not just my head, not just my heart, not just my legs, not just my arms, my entire being. And hopefully by being mindful of the fact that when we daven, we are supposed to be fully engaged. It is to be a dynamic and animated experience as we stand before God as a flickering flame. This will hopefully make every aspect of our daven experience much more meaningful and hopefully will continue over the course of our lives to constantly move from one step to the next. Every time we daven. Thank you so much. And have a wonderful day.